Bounce, motherfuckers. You're listening to another sexy episode of Impress Me With Music. I'm one of your hosts, Miss Mary Novoski, and with me is always my delightful, loving husband, Hey, what's up, butt people? Yeah, y'all are butt people. Butt people. Hey, butt people, get off my land. Yeah, this country wasn't made for butt people. Uh-uh. Uh, this is good for you. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, she came out with a pretty fun-ass EP called Third Ward Bounce um, that I highly recommend you listen to if you need to run really far for a long amount of time, if you're clubbing, or if you just want to, like... Be the person on a totally different level on the train. Yeah, yeah, you wanna, yeah, you wanna be like, I'm rolling on Molly right now during yeah, the work if you, commute. If you wanna have a totally different energy than everybody else, uh, and be tapping your legs to a totally different beat, then this is the fucking album for you. I mean, it's big freebie. Yeah, this is fun, and this is an homage to uh, Bounce, which is. He's from uh, New Orleans, right, Dave? You know, you're the one that knows about the history of music and shit, right? Sure. So here's the thing. Bounce has been uh, kind of like the, uh, let's call it the the trap du jour of New Orleans for a while. For a while now. And Drake just kind of like co-opted it for that Nice For What song. And uh, I think Bounce Music thinks it's going to have a second... Not a second coming, but like a national spotlight. And Big Freedia, as far as I can tell, and I'm not from New Orleans, so I might be speaking out of turn here, but Big Freedia, as far as I can tell, is the biggest star of Bounce music. So, if Bounce is going to take off, well, I mean, here's the thing, right? It's like Mac Dre with hyphy music, right? We typically think of E-40 as being the godfather of hyphy, even though in reality it's this guy named Mac Dre. So, I don't know. We'll see. And I actually think that this album came out, I think it came out in early June, I believe. It, it came out super recently. And I think that this is part of uh, also her like, little homage to Pride Month. Alright, well, uh, more about Big Freedia after a word from our sponsors. What's up, dudes? Hey, guys. I'm Tobes. I'm Jesse. And we're the host of Worst Contact, a show for aliens by humans, where we discussed every aspect of human life, such as death, life, juggalos, cats, LARPing, art, war, athleticism with world's greatest athlete, Action Ronnie Glibson. That's one of my favorite episodes. Hell yeah. Uh, we keep it fun, we keep it goof, we never script it, and we always have a good time. But don't bring the kids along, because we say naughty words. All on MachineCulture.com. Peace! You stumble across a very intelligent podcast listener. What do you do? Uh, I ask if they've ever heard of desks and day jobs. Roll for insight. Oh, they haven't, and they yes. want to know more. I tell them Destined Day Jobs is a D&D podcast that takes the humdrum life of four office workers and injects it with magic, adventure, and hilarious antics. All right, roll for perception. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, they're definitely interested. Uh, I grab their phones and subscribe them to Destined Day Jobs on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Machine Culture website. Roll for sleight of hand. Wow, it's a critical hit! Yeah. They're subscribed. Do they have a dog? Uh, can the dog listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Roll for animal handling, I guess. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, uh, but they're still interested in Destiny Day Jobs. Yeah! Yeah! Desks and Day Jobs. Now part of the Machine Culture Collective. Huzzah! 
lesson is brought to you by elevators. You get off the train, you get in your office building, and you stand in line to get up another kind of weird little little train going up to the sky. Isn't that what you call it? An elevator. It's a building train, Daddy-o. Oh, building train. Whip, whap, wop, zop. Press the button, up you go. It's a flavor of life here in the big city. Elevator. You can be at work technically on time, and you can get in the uh, 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 elevator, and everybody wants to stop at a floor before yours. Elevator. Who farted? You farted. <laughs> stinky, stinky elevator. One of the names of the elevator company is Schindler. That means there's something called Schindler's Lift. Think about that. Elevators. Oh, so sad. And that's all from Elevators. Listening to impress me with music. Um, this is uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre. The song is called Any Moan. Any Money. I'm not 100 percent sure. It's off of the album The uh, Anemone. Anemone. Um, it is off the album. Let's make sure I'm saying the full title here. Their Satanic Majestic's Second Request from 1996. The reason I'm playing this song is because uh, Anthony Bourdain was asked uh, for by Rolling Stone a couple of years ago to list his favorite. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, yeah. One of our Thank you for cutting the legs out from under me of what I was about to say, but yes, Anthony Bourdain is dead. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I feel like uh, Mary and I are especially uh, hurt by this. So this is the first celebrity death in a while since, like, Robin Williams, I think, that's gotten to me. You know? Yeah, it's, it's really still lingering because um, he was truly a hero of mine. I aspire to live a life, you know, that he got to live in his later days, to travel, to write. And um, when you see your heroes succumb to depression and... Not just a hero, but a person who sort of prided himself on being worldly and open-minded and sort of like a salt-of-the-earth tour guide. Do you know what I mean? He had no pretension other than, you know, come original and be authentic, you know? Yeah, he he was down with a cheeseburger as much as he was down with like a plate of escargot in France. I mean, he loved every bite of food from, you know, like junk food to the most high-end things to eating just like crazy jungle food. I mean, he was, he was up and into it all. Well, and, and here's what I'll say, and I'll, I'll just kind of cap this off before we talk about Anthony Bourdain too much, but I think that, um, well, two things I want to say. One, my friend Joe uh, McMahon pointed out that what sucks so much about Anthony Bourdain's death is this was a guy who went around the world and looked for like beauty in the world. And it sucks to know that somebody who did that 
would still be like, look, I've seen everything and fuck it. Yeah. No plan to go see it any more times. Um, without getting too depressing, I want to read something that he said. Um, so, for the first two-thirds of my life, I built my identity almost entirely by what albums I was listening to and what drugs I was taking. If everybody else loved the Allman Brothers, I hated them. My musical taste reflected those feelings. I think of being in opposition to everything. I like to say I've since grown up, but in fact, I still seek out music that essentially serves as a soundtrack to whatever movie is running in my head. Um... I love that because that's how I've always felt about music. Sometimes I feel like I'm just soundtracking my life. Especially when I make certain playlists. Like, it's just... If I was in a movie, you know, this this would be the opening song. I always think about what would be the opening track. What would be the track that would go along with me, like, driving down an open road and stuff. I think that's how, that's a really beautiful thought. And yeah. Um, that's how I feel about music all the time. Who's that lady? Ah, shit. She's dead. Um... We have a record. We were just playing her record like the other day. Nina Simone? No, 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 no. More. Amy... Amy Winehouse, yeah. Amy Winehouse. I don't know why I can't remember her name, but... Amy Winehouse, Back in Black, to me, and I know that it's obviously like a breakup album, but um, I discovered that album like while I was doing a lot of biking in Taiwan, and so that's like a biking album to me. It's the soundtrack to biking. I like it. It's big, big and jazzy and, you know, captivating, but like repetitive enough that it's not distracting you from biking. Um, and you, anyways, you're listening to Impress Me With Music. Today is June 14th. It is June 14th when you, when you dear listener, will finally be receiving this episode. And uh, we're going to do some Today in Music. And, um, <coughs> you know, we actually recorded another episode before this one. I think we should acknowledge that. But, yeah. Uh, we may release someday, but things got a little heated on our, <coughs> our episode about jazz. Yeah, it was things, a... Things got a little too jazzy. It was supposed to be just a very simple episode. Uh, a friend of ours shows us jazz and, you know, some things were said that, you know, don't need to be repeated. So... For sure. So I'm going to let Dave enjoy a piece of fried chicken that we're eating. And uh, I'm going to go into some pretty fun history for today in music. In 1923, Fiddlin' John Carson recorded The Little Old Log Cabin in the Lane. Now that's a hot track. Mm. Mm-hmm. 1965, Paul McCartney recorded the song yesterday. We all know that song. And, uh, yeah, not a lot more to say about that one. And in 1980, the movie Roadie starring Meatloaf debuted. And then in 19... Wait, what? Say that last one again. The movie Roadie starring Meatloaf debuted. What do you think of Meatloaf? Eh, whatever. Hold on. I don't really have strong Meatloaf feelings. This is, um, Fiddle and John Carson, The Little Old Log Cabin in the Lane. What year was this? Uh, 1923, baby. Hot Ooh, year. Hot year. The flappers were out with their short skirts. Uh, chopping their hair off short. They would have been voting for a whole three years by then. Ooh, yeah. What else was going on in 1923? Well, a war, World War One had just ended. In 1923. If you think of the writing that comes from the 20s, it's all um, people that lost faith in the American dream. Sure, 1923 is the Chinese zodiac year of the pig. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I gotta say about 1923. Um, 
like Meatloaf. I don't understand him. I like him as an actor. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like Meatloaf. I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And uh, there's an oddly large number of Meatloaf cover bands, which I also don't get. But hey. What are they, are they all named after other dishes? Uh, turkey you, loaf. You uh, ate a lot of Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Look at him, he's fat as fuck. Yeah, he's fat as fuck. Alright, let's move on. In 1988, the Fat Boys filed a $5 million lawsuit against Miller Beer and Joe Piscopo for using their likeness in a Miller Lite Rap and Fats Piscopo commercial. Yeah, and Joe Piscopo, you'll know him as Father Guido Sarducci. Dave, you better share that chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, tell me more about Joe Piscopo. I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live back in its, like, early days. Um, I think I've heard his name, but I can't place him. He did this thing where Father Guido Sarducci, where he just played like an Italian priest. I don't know. It, I, I, I was kind of shocked to see how stupid it was once I finally saw it because it had been built up so much. Um, but of course, like you know, like people in my family like know, like knew there were older people in my family that had like accents and stuff like that from Italy. So I guess they probably think it's funnier than it actually is. Sure, sure. That little Italian humor. It's not even like Italian humor, like what you would think of. It's literally like, I, I, I am the father Guido Sarducci. Like, that's what it is. It's that kind of Italian. I mean, I'm shocked you're not offended. I mean, he's Italian, so... I guess that's right. Yeah. Mm. Listen to that fiery track. Lil Old Log Cabin in the Lane. Speaking of Lil, did you happen to notice that uh, Spotify now has 80,000 artists with the name Lil? That's absurd. Yeah. That grinds my gears, Dave. There's never any mediums. Uh-uh. A couple but of bigs. Big Sean. Biggie well, Smalls. The bigs are, like, outdated now. It's, like, not cool to be a big. You want to be a Lil for some reason. Mm, no. I don't know why people want me Lil so bad. Um, so what did you think of the Big Freedy album as a whole? Mm, I thought it was fun. I think, like I started saying before the before the commercial break, and that really, really interesting, uh, you know, sponsorship by Elevators. I'm really glad we got that one. Yeah, I don't know how we locked that down. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a that's a pretty general one to get a sponsorship for. I mean, the Big Freedia album is a lot of fun. It's like with Big Freedia, I'm not gonna listen to it like uh, on the reg, but it's a, it's a good album to like pump your shit up. It's a good dance album. Workout, would you say? Work, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hella workout album. I did a hit class today. Like, they should have played that. Um, I listened to uh, the new um, the Kid Cudi and Kanye album, Kids See Ghosts. Do you think this is a way... And I'm really cutting you off today hard. That's fine. Do, do you think that Kanye releasing an album with like, Kid Cudi is a way to take some of the edge off Kanye? Like, that he's sort of producing? A little bit. I think... Um, People don't hate Kid Cudi. Something, so, something to think about with Kanye. There are producer rappers like J. Cole, for instance, that don't work with a lot of people. I mean, you have that type of one. Or like a Jay Dilla, like works with a very specific group of people. Do you know what I mean? Or you have the um, producer rapper that works with everybody. And that's what Kanye does. I mean, Kanye's success is always sort of in part based on his feature and his co-producer you know, he kind of is a curator now, more than anything. So, I think, I think he wanted to re- like make a thing that would make people like they can't hate it. And I think by releasing these five albums, 
he's making it so we can't hate Kanye. Like, Kanye really knows how to cultivate this thing where it's like we hate him and then we can't hate him. Do you know what I mean? Like, we want to hate him for all this, like, Trump shit and all the shit, dumb shit that he said. I'm having a cuckoo banana brains. But do you think this album is a redeemer? Let's Let's start there. Is it good enough? This album in and of itself, no. I don't think any one of the albums so far has been in and of itself good enough. So there's going to be five. Three of them are out. So the first one is Pusha T. Then the Kanye album, Yay. And now this Kid See Ghost. I, there hasn't been one of them where I'm like, I'm like, there's that Kanye. The Pusha T album is good. Yes, the Pusha T album is good. Obviously, like, I, I mean, I had a fucking Facebook meltdown about how I'm just sick of him. I'm just sick of his persona. I'm sick of that, that like larger than life drug dealer, like Rick Ross. You know, it's like, shut up. It's believable that you sold crack. It's not believable that you were moving weight, like you were a Don. You know, right. why would you be rapping then? You know, it's that's just goofy ass shit. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, but from a just compilation perspective it's a good album it's definitely not Pusha T's best and we talked about that on on the Dave Marr the most recent Dave Marr episode Um, I didn't actually get a chance to listen to this album so um, I'm behind on the on the beat but do you want to play maybe an an excerpt from it yeah let's let's play a little bit of it while we're just talking here the song is called Reborn. It's off of Kids See Ghosts. Um, so Kids See Ghosts, for what it's worth, is a collaborative effort between Kanye West and Kid Cudi. Uh, they collaborated on the beats as well as the lyrics uh, and the artwork as well. Um, I, man, Kid Cudi potentially released the mixtape with the biggest impact of my life. A Kid Named Cuddy is arguably the mixtape... Like, the ki- A Kid Named Cuddy is what blew up the mixtape scene. Oh, it blew it up. And after that, people just started releasing mixtapes left and right, and they finally got listenership. And if anything, I think it really opened the door to this entire, um, like, streaming music SoundCloud world, because, you know, we were, like, I mean, it, yeah. it opened the door to us accepting, you know, like, kind of anybody going out there and dropping something. Yeah, and I mean, before a mixtape was like a joke. Like the best, the best example of a mixtape was like one of those Lil Wayne ones where he just raps really good over other people's beats. A lot of them were just garbage. And and, and kid named Cuddy, he just kind of like blows it up by like being like, "Yo, I um, I'm gonna make a mixtape that is truly showcasing my talents, not as a just a rapper, but as a a musician in in, in total." Without that concept, there's no Chance the Rapper, there's no Drake, there's none of these, there's no Lil Uzi Vert, there's no Lil Peep, you know, fucking, all, a lot of, anybody SoundCloud, none of that shit would have been there. And then yet, everything that he's done since then is objectionable. It's like, what do you, like, you're like, it's like he's stuck on like the Ziggy Stardust era of his career. He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because... He, um, yeah, I mean, he's soundtracked, I think, almost everyone I know. Like, Kid Cudi was part of someone's life soundtrack, definitely in, in our kind of generation. There was a Kid Cudi track on a playlist. Everyone had one in the last, like, you know, five years ago. What was your favorite Kid Cudi song? I'm pretty, I'm pretty cliche. Like, 
I, I literally have to go here and remind myself what it is because it's been so day and night. long. Well, it wasn't day and night. It was um, it was the other one that blew up. I don't know. Um, mine is uh, Cleveland is the reason. That's a pretty tight song. It's not I mean, on Spotify, but you, check it you out. Dug, you dug deeper into him, but um, Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, yeah. See, that's off of Man on the Moon. Now, Man on the Moon is okay. I like Man on the Moon. Oh, you know what? There was also, like, a lullaby that, that he did on Man on the Moon. I think it might have been Man on the Moon. Yeah, I know. what Prayer. You're... I think it was Prayer. Yeah. Prayer is on uh, Funeral. Is on, I know. Is on Kid Cuddy. Yeah, so... Well, let's... Okay, make your point. Sorry. I don't want to get lost in Kid Cuddy. Yeah, though. we can get lost in I mean, Funeral, I love, too. I mean, he did a really great job sampling from, like, the indie rock world and, and kind of bringing that together and meshing it together. Whatever's playing in the background now is boring as shit. I'll take a listen and maybe on the next episode I'll give it I'll give it some stars. Yeah, but it's just boring. Kid, 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 Kid Cuddy's lost me and, and that's kind of a bummer because he was, again, yeah, he was rocking everyone's summer. But that this episode isn't about Kid Cuddy. Yeah. We have, um, we have some pretty sweet tracks to like debut. What's what are what are we titling this shit? Yeah, so this is gonna be called uh, "We Out Here." We out here, bitches. Um, so the one thing that I kind of want to address: um, why is everybody getting into the song "Africa" by Toto? Is this like is there like a meme? Is there a joke? Like, I, is there something I'm missing here? Oh, true that. Dave and I have heard. Africa played about half a dozen times in the last two weeks, and I'm not really sure why. Oh, it's okay. Africa is a 1982 soft rock song by the American band Toto, which has been widely parodied and covered online as an iconic track from the time period. Additionally, the song has been referenced numerous times on South Park. See, I knew it was from something. Just like <clears throat> when everyone got back into Don't Stop Believing, and I was like, why does everyone like this song again? And they're like, it's just a great song. It's, and then I watched The Sopranos, and I was like, Oh, no, you all guys all remembered it from this. You know what I mean? It's like a domino, like one of these little cultural dominoes, right? Oh, sure, I mean, that, that, that's memification. You know, it goes beyond the, like, literal images that we see. I mean, it's just the songs, it's a fucking meme now. It's not even that popular of a meme. The, 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 the particular meme is this acoustic cover of Toto, which got 9 million views over 7 years. That's fuck. Gangnam Style did that shit in like 30 seconds. Well, fuck. Uh, well, Weezer released a version of oh, Africa. Oh, yeah. So apparently the joke is everyone just covers it. And so then Weezer was sort of like tweeted at like, hey, you guys should cover it. And they did. Look at this. So here's a chart of... Um, this is uh, interest over time based on web search. So since January 2012, the searches for... Toto by Africa has gone way up. Yeah, it's a pretty cool chart. Yeah, it doesn't really actually have a whole lot of data. It says it's a hundred. A hundred what? Well, I think that's a, probably a hundred, maybe thousand. It should be in thousands, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the Weezer cover is, it's like, it's like okay, so it's like, let's, let's get into the song. I, I don't know too much about the song. I know that it's about Africa. And it's by a white guy. Well, I think it's just funny that this came up on release radar too the same week that we were like, why is this song just playing everywhere? <clears throat> oh. 
Quote, a white boy is trying to write a song in Africa, but since he's never been there, he can only tell what he's seen on TV or remembered in the past. So it's sort of like this ultimate example of... White privilege. Not even white privilege per se, just like... This bullshit, like, parody culture that began in, like, the 80s and continues in a very meta way to this day. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Why are you writing a song about Africa? I mean, I'm jamming this. Maybe this is what Dave Chappelle heard before he decided to go to Africa. Would you, can you imagine, like, Nelson Mandela just rocking out to this? This is when he became, a, like, an inaugurated as president. Yeah, I guess it's just a joke. The song's not good, and it's just a silly joke. Um, I don't got much, too much to say about it. Oh, we forgot to do our plugs. Um, oh, shit, yeah, we got, we got hello plugs this time for once. Um, yeah, so uh, this Monday, uh, Mary and I will be doing we'll be doing a show together. We'll be June on June 18th. We'll be at Allen L Tavern. John Wayne Gacy's favorite bar. Is it? Yep. Oh, very cool. He, there's paintings that he made that are up there at the bar. I can't wait to see him, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to take photos of those and then feature them, maybe, yeah. somewhere. We'll put them on our uh, on This is our not a, paint, a painter podcast. On our Instagram and on our Facebook page, where you should totally like us. Yes. And then... If you rate, review, and subscribe, we'll send you a personal email with our favorite John Wayne Gacy um, paintings. So I, yeah, Red Lobster Comedy, L&L Tavern, June 18th, I don't know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, late in the evening. I hear it's a great show where we'll probably get heckled. Yeah, I hear that we're going to get heckled. That's like the only towny bar left in that, in like that area of like Lakeview. So, you know, I look forward to being heckled. Um, I'm going to be in Dayton this weekend, although I guess you have to go back in time. I'm featuring for Tim McLaughlin in Dayton, Ohio. Three shows. No one's got to go back in time. Our episode's going to be released before you get to Dayton. Hell yeah, you're right. So tomorrow, when you get this episode, tomorrow I'll be in Dayton. Um, yeah, I only do... Drive to Dayton right now. Get, get a bus ticket, get over to Dayton, and see Dave Metz and Tim McLaughlin. It'll be a good show. We'll be we're gonna fucking bring it down. Townies love both of us. Um, any place that the mega bus doesn't go, I do very well in. Okay. <laughs> um, also, um, I want to let's talk about this. Uh, you guys have been really great about like liking Facebook, and I see that we're having a lot of interaction on Facebook. If you don't write an iTunes review, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to look up who all you are. I'm going to go off the list, and it's going to be like a kill list. It's going to be, I'm just going to kill you, okay? I'm going to murder okay. you in cold blood if you do not write a review of this podcast. That's a, you know what, that's a strong, that's a strong call to action. Oh, okay, let's good cop, bad cop it. What's your, your take? Here's the thing. I already said, I'll send you an email. I promised you Starbucks gift cards. You don't like Starbucks? I'll take that. Same denomination of money I would have put on the Starbucks gift card, $7.36, what I already have on an existing Starbucks gift card. Transfer that over to something a little a little nicer. You like Red Lobster? You know, what, what, is, what is it? What do you want? What do you want? What do you, why? Why don't you just, just review? Come on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you write a five-star review and, and we take it and we read it on the air, I will send you a naked picture of Michelle Obama, which I have, I promise. It's, yeah, it's we real. we are one of... I don't think anyone else... I, I don't even think 
Barack has Barack it. does not have it does because have anything it. Barack sees the CIA sees. And Michelle, I mean, you don't know her like we know her, but she would not like that. She's a very no, private person. She's a very private person. Strong arms. Very strong Very arms. strong arms. She could live Dave. Yeah, she did lift me. She cradled me like a little baby. She <laughs> swaddled me. Yeah, if you don't know, Dave and I are into swaddle play. Swaddle play. Actually, I did have somebody, this is like back in like 2011, somebody uh, told me that they were into something like that on like OkCupid. She was mm-hmm. like, uh, Brett, put me in a diaper. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, if I don't have anything going on this weekend, maybe I'll do that. I'm not exactly uh, jumping at the opportunity to put an adult in a diaper. And now I put a baby in a diaper every day. And, uh, you know, that's... <laughs> Rate and review. iTunes. <laughs> All right, when we really took a long time to get to these tracks today, didn't we? Yeah, whatever. I don't know. We're, we're you know... We're, 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 we're jamming. We're jamming. Um, so, uh, Mary... six baller songs to go through, and... Then, you know, you guys should stop listening to this podcast after it's over and make sweet love to someone that you love. Yeah. Uh, every podcast is a sex... Not, yeah. Every playlist is a sex playlist. That's Everybody's what I meant to say. a sex playlist. I can't find your first song. Can you... You can't find my first song? I'll find my first song. Why don't you keep talking about how every playlist is a sex playlist? Well, I was going to say something different, which is that this is actually kind of a weird, um, a weird day for the podcast because... Mary has, you know, kind of done a theme here, which I feel like is emo. And my theme here is uh, I uh, have been really trying to broaden my horizons and listen to more rock and roll. You just just type it and I'll add it to it. Um, people have been recommending rock and roll songs to me, rock and roll albums. Please, uh, you know... Message me on Facebook or tweet at me. Uh, I, I want to know more like good rock and roll music. I feel yeah, like, Dave, Dave and I have switched lanes today. I feel like I have a... Yeah. I, I mean, I have one now, but... Anyways, why don't you play your first song? Fuck it. Here's my first track. Actually, Lil Uzi Vert's album. No, it's Clever Cardi. You're right. Uh, I, I like the beat. It feels like it's about to be something, and it's not it yet. You know? Yeah, I really love this beat. And when I was making this, um, like I was thinking about uh, tracks I've heard recently that kind of remind me of that old emo scene, and, and, this, and this is all kind of from from the new wave of like kind of emo rap that we've, you know, that we've been talking about on and off in the episode for a while. And, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a real like kind of rock feel to it. This beat for sure. Yeah, now that the beat's dropped, I'm like into it. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, Playboy Cardi, he definitely doesn't have the skills as a rapper, which explains why he has a little Uzi Vert doing two verses on this song. Oh yeah, I mean, Playboy Cardi, I don't have any opinions about, but I really love the beat on this. And if you really listen to this track, this is just like a song about like them getting girls now and how they didn't used to get girls, which is just basically the fucking song of like the story of all of the shit that I used to listen to in high school and junior high, except now this is kind of transferred into rap. There's nothing about like pushing drugs here. You know what I mean? I mean, they've kind of, they got them rocks, diamond rocks with the pop. But for the most part, this is just like, you know, wanting sure. to get laid. Yeah, and that's, it's, there's it's, a, there's it's refreshing there's to hear hard. a rapper want to get laid. Yeah, there's nothing fucking hard here. You haven't heard that shit since Bust a Move. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a, a rapper trying to get laid. It's just assumed that rappers get laid now. Do you know what I mean? I like I like that. I like Lil Uzi Vert. I've always been I've been rooting for that dude for a while. Playboy Cardi, eh, take him or leave him. Um, yeah, that's produced by Molly Raw, who's a Philadelphia producer, who's only produced really for Philadelphia artists like Lil Uzi Vert and uh, Meek Mill. Um, Philadelphia doesn't quite have its own rap sound. That's 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 interesting. That's going somewhere. It's kind of like a mix between New York and trap. Do you know what I mean? That's like fucking Brooklyn sample like a jazz sample in a trap beat eventually yeah it's um i really picked this song for the beat and for the sample i think it's i think it's tight and i think it goes into kind of the other couple of tracks i'm gonna play today um and again it's not like hard rap i i, I don't know it's not quite trap you know it's it's too fucking poppy. I mean, I still like the gangster shit, but I am, I'm definitely in the mood for a little variety, and this is great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, you're rocking out today. I'm, I'm curious to see where what you're about All to right, come, so come, to the, come to the table with right now. I don't remember who recommended this to me, but... This is, uh, Baby I Don't Know Oh Oh by Wolfpack featuring, uh, Charles, why can't I see his la- the rest of his name? Uh, what is this fucking dude's name? Some guy named Charles. Charles Jones. Um, Wolfpack is from Ann Arbor, so right around where I grew up. They went to Michigan. Their first show was at the Duderstadt Center. You're which, a Duderstadt Center. Yeah, all right. The Dude, as it's known on campus, right by actually where I, I live. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think of this? This is fun. I've actually listened to some Wolfpack before, so when I saw that um, it was on your playlist, that was kind of the, I was interested to see what track you had picked. This isn't... Uh, I think, is this Charles singing Charles Jones? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like, you know, uh, I mean, one way that I would title them is like college funk. Yeah, a lot of the music from Ann Arbor, unfortunately, is like that. It can't be um, qualified without, like, college. Like, Tammany Hall is a college indie band. Uh, Charles Slick is a college synth pop dude. You know what I mean? It's like if you're the cool guy in college, you listen to Wolfpack. Sure. And that's, then, that's how I feel about them. Ann Arbor also, Wolf Eyes, ultimate college band, unlistenable noise. They pride oh, themselves on that. I love, I used to love noise rock. We're going to have to do a noise rock episode. Why don't you just unplug an amplifier and listen to that? We don't even need to do an episode. Dave, you haven't seen Lightning Bolt live, so don't even talk to me. Lightning Bolt? Lightning Bolt. Huh. Hmm. There's no wolf pack, I'll tell you that. I like this. Um, Probably just dudes. Funky, jazzy. I, okay. The reason why I got out of rock is no one in rock is trying to like make their shit sound good. They're trying to like write songs, which is good, but it's like, make it sound cool. But there's some super high production in rock. It's just, there's not, nothing too new. This, this to me though, isn't too new either. I'm, I'm, I'm alright on it. it. It's a little, this, this, uh, it's a little redundant. Yeah. It's redundant. No, 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 no. I mean, they basically made a beat and Charles Jones is singing over it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing else to say about that. Um, yeah, Wolfpack it is. All right, so um, the next one is Mary, so I'm going to go ahead and play that. For sure. Shout out Tommy Cavill, by the way, childhood friend who listens to the podcast. One of our three listeners. Hey, thanks, Tommy. I don't hear it. I mean, I hear that he's sad, and I like look at a picture of him, and he's like this fat dude with like dreadlocks, and I'm like, yeah, alright, I get it. He's like a sad dude, you know? I think he has a, um, he has like a, um, Rugrats bling chain. 
P.S. I love you. P.S. I hate you. What's this song called? P.S. Fuck you, cunt. Yeah, so he's got some anger issues, obviously. So, I mean, this is if, like, all the shit we listened to had really gone off the rails with a deeper amount of anger. Here's I guess I guess it's this little this little peak piece that really reminds me of the shit yeah, that yeah. I used to listen to. Fat Nick has got a new album coming out, or came out, Generation Numb, came out four days ago. Generation Numb, I mean, come on, the title of the album, and how about this little peep um, section here, is this, is this not like straight out of like My Chemical Romance shit, come on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Except it's met a totally, it's met a genre that I, I never Ooh. thought it was. Hold on. I think I might, here, keep, keep. Hey, pause it. it, pause peep, it. Peep, I want to see something here. I think, and I can't, I can't tell. Yes. So, he has Lil Peep's face tattoo now. I assume he got it after he died. Which actually, there, so... Uh, that's 21 Savage. 21 Savage's face tattoo, the the sword on his forehead. He got that because his brother had it, and then his brother died. So then he got the same tattoo as his brother. And obviously, this dude seems to be pretty close with Lil Peep. Fat Nick. Uh, he's from South Florida. He uh, has bleach blonde dreadlocks and a nose ring. And now he has Lil Peep's Tattoo Crybaby written over his uh, right eyebrow. A couple of crybabies making a song. I don't know. It's all right. That's all right. I'm, I, might, I might check that out again. I'm just I not mean, sad like that anymore, you know? I know, but I still think it's fun. I, I You know, I kind of miss, like, reveling in that feeling of, like, you know, having your heart broken or whatever. Or just being, like, disgruntled. I, I honestly, like, I'm, like, like... <laughs> Everything's so, like, great right now. It's just, like, um, I, I find it hard to tap into the sad shit, you know? Which I get is an unpopular thing to say. No, I mean, listen, I don't connect to it as much, but I'm going to play one of my, um, kind of a track from the high school era will, will be sort of my outro, um, for songs. But, um, I can still kind of, like, connect to the music. It's fun. I think it's fun. It's fun to be sad. It is kind of fun to be sad. And that's why we wallowed in sadness so long. Sad was the most interesting thing you could be in high school. That's true. There's well, a chance you're going to, you know, off yourself. Um, and people kind of like rallied around that, you know? Well, sad was way more interesting than people that were having a great time. If you were having a great time going through puberty, fuck you. Yeah, that's it's weird to think that there are, were. I mean, we talk about people that quote unquote peaked in high school, and it's like, man, like that. That's all based on the fact that like you, yeah, you won puberty. Oh yeah, well, it looks like I got an email. Yeah, no, it's our it's a cable bill. Um, okay, so <laughs> uh, this is my next song. This is a weird one. 
Three hugging the wall, ass bitches fuck with a baller. Hard as a wrecking ball, crush your walls and fuck up your karma. On a roll on your daughter, leave a puddle of water just hot as your son's man. Tell him not to step on the daughters. Melodica minus the mellow's dick with an A, suck it. Okay, but the shit's busting. I'll spray on a bitch cousin. Don't play when an itch coming. Just pray for the kiss of cuddling guests and a gun barely ain't gonna be missed there. Just tell him that fuck shit up, bitch. Break your face. Dick in your face. Dick in your face. Dick in your face. Dick in your fuck shit up. Bitch, break your face in your face in your face in your face in your face shit up bitch break all right so this is face by clipping clipping uh um it's a three man band it's David Diggs who played Thomas Jefferson and uh Lafayette in, in uh, Hamilton which i just saw last week uh how was that i saw it i i thought it was great i thought they made the story of Hamilton very compelling um, and it made me realize, like, David Diggs was on the fucking main stage of the world. And all he had to do was put out some scrubbed clean Drake shit, and the dude could have a pop career. Yet he chooses to put out this. And I, I have mad respect for him for that. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta dig it. I mean, this is fun. It's crazy. I mean, this is kind of like noise rock rap. This is kind of the direction that TV on the radio was going with their first album. They just couldn't rap this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They got way more poppy. They, and they got better at singing and production and shit. I mean, I don't even know. The chorus is dick in your face, fuck shit up, clit in your face. I don't know. Clipping, clipping underappreciated. Uh, I got mad respect for them. Go listen to Clipping. They're fun as fuck. They just put out a new album, which this is on, called Face. Um, all right, so, Mary, you got your last song coming up. I got up. my last song, and uh, it's it's a real throwback. about this um, I can't remember who it was 
But because I went to like an all guys high school, I feel like I never connect to this aspect of like American culture, the romanticization of high school. Like I just, there was no ro- there was no high school romance. The closest thing we had to high school romance is, you know, a couple of kids I went to school with dated one of the teacher's daughters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to a co-ed high school and this, this was a big piece of that. This any sort of unrequited romances and, and wanting to basically posture for a girl or posture for the other sex all the time. Which you, you should at least be able to relate to that because when you were out of school you were still trying to like get girls. Yeah, but... It was just so, like, structured, you know what I mean? I went and hung out this place. I mean, I don't know what The Bean. It was this place in downtown Plymouth, Michigan, where, um, you know, there was, like, a free parking structure and all that. How did you meet your high school girlfriend? I met her there at The Bean. I was just being an ass, and, and she was just, like, around. And I asked for her phone number. Do you know what I mean? As cliche as that sounds. I remember when I got your phone number, I was, like, afraid to text you. I know, and then uh, I think I called you first to see where you were, I like, checked in on you, and then I started uh, abusing the privilege of having your phone number. Yeah, I was like, you were inviting me to a party, and I was literally, like, outside, like, afraid to go in, and you, like, uh, you were, like, calling me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in a minute, and I'm literally, like, trying to, I was like, you should come outside and meet me, because I, I was just so afraid to cross that line, where now, like, if I, if I let myself in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, now we have a kid. I know, it's crazy to think about. Um, we were friends. It's so weird to think that we were friends and then we started a relationship and now we have a child. Yeah, I look forward to like seeing you at a mic. Yeah, same. I remember when I went to the comedy bar open mic and you humped the air doing your very highly offensive Japanese accent. Highly offensive. I won't even do it on air because that's part of the reason. I'm not even sure what the punchline is. I mean, it's really just an accent. It's no punchline. It's just extremely offensive. And later I would come to study in Japan. Yeah, that's the real... Life is filled with little ironies, you know? (laughs) You've got one more track, right? I do. Um, Let's see here. Where is it? I thank you. You're welcome. trying to like learn about the bands because we, we've just been having such a busy week and also because we recorded a digital episode yeah i'm yeah. a little behind on the info so maybe we can cut that one up we'll, we'll, we'll do something with it yeah bleep some stuff um so this is white denim the song is called the place to start it's off of their 2013 album called corsicana lemonade you know, what do you, you think know what they should call that album Snooze fest. Oh, come on. This sounds cool. This is groovy. 
This is like, oh, somebody passed you a joint in a 60s movie. <laughs> Whoa, man, colors everywhere. This is what I would expect would play in like a high-end wine bar right now. Yeah. That's, this, this is wine bar music for 30-year-olds. I'm 31 years old. I know. This was made for you to for you to order another Chardonnay. Uh, excuse me. Uh, how's it going, Kelly? Could I get a, another Chardonnay? Thank you so much. You've been wonderful. Um, I'm sorry. What is the cheese of the day on that uh, chef plate? Mussels. Uh, weird question. Um, this isn't um, a pig's asshole, is it? <laughs> no, that's calamari. Oh yeah, whatever. Muscles. This is a pig's asshole. I guess a pig's asshole is a muscle. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Kelly. Uh, do you guys have bone? <laughs> I'll tell you what's not doing this band any favors. The fact that they've called themselves White Denim. I mean, could you have a more boring name than White Denim? I don't think they're trying to be exciting. I mean, again, you know, I'm, I'm snoozing over here. Alright, so what was my your favorite song of mine? There was this... Wolfpack and Clipping. Oh, please, you don't need to remind me. The only one that stands out, really, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but can't, can't, uh, maybe it's time to go back to, to what you know, baby. Clipping. Yeah. Easily the best track. The, the, here's Easily the problem. The best track of yours. I'm getting into rock music that sounds like rap music. Like these, Both these songs are like beats. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> so... For your songs, I never liked the song Mutt off of that album. That was always one of my least favorite songs. That's interesting. That was one of my favorites. I think it's because you never had that experience. A little bit. Also, I I was in fucking, you know, sixth grade when that song came out. I was always more partial to uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Um, and I, I guess on that album... Also, you want to talk sad bitch shit? That album, the song I connected with, was Adam's song, 100%. I knew you were say that. Yeah, I was a little, like, uh, suicidal I, kid, you know? I, I know I should have put Adam's song on there, but uh, Mutt kind of came up, and you know, it was really hard for me to pick from the playlist of a bunch of uh, emo rock and emo rap that I put on there, and, and I almost regret these three picks, but I do, but I don't. If there's no three I would have picked, but I'd be happy with that. All right, don't second-guess yourself. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Which I, one did you like the most? Shooter, of definitely. Course. The I mean, beat. Shooter's the best track on there by far. The beat takes it. Um, Go uh, shoot on the beat. <laughs> Sorry about saying it's going to murder you. Uh, please rate, review, and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and iTunes. Um, subscribe. You'll get the episodes automatically. Yeah. And then you can pretend like you know shit about well, music. Pretend like you know shit about music, like, like us. Um, Ellen, check out, we've had some super sweet episodes recently. Don't forget to check out Natalie Grace Alfred's episode, Dave Marr, everyone's The Rovan, Tupac vs. Biggie, we settled that. I think those are the three best episodes we've ever had. Yeah, and they just got released. This one, maybe the sixth or seventh best one, you know? Oh, and people who have been sending me your music, I will listen to it. I'm sorry. It's just that usually it's bad. And I don't know if you're going to be... Oh, shit. I don't know if you're going to be one of the people that has good music. So I'm kind of like hesitant to dive back in again and listen to people's music. Also, I feel a little weird about having people come into my home while my baby's sleeping and us to record a podcast. So uh, we might be uh, curtailing that. Anyway, see you at LNL Tavern on June 18th. Come watch Dave and I get heckled by uh, Vietnam vets. Yeah, um, so um, to close out, um, 
I should say, um... Uh, a lot of ums there. A lot of ums. Whoa. Well, I'm calling you out. I can't believe you would do that to me. Anyway, I love you. I love you too. This is my favorite song by The Wings. This is a tight song. Paul McCartney had a lot of stuff on today in music history. Hey, Paul. We love you. Paul. That's how you say Paul in, uh... What language is that? I don't know, a lot of them. Paul. Like, Portuguese, I think. This is a tight song, right? Because it starts all weird like this. What do you think of uh, solo Paul McCartney? Uh, I couldn't give two shits. Wow. See, this is white denim right here, yo. <laughs> yeah, this is better than white denim. Why? Because it came first by about 50 years. Yeah, because it really just shows how boring white denim is. What what white denim is like? Uh, let's just do wings again. <laughs> <laughs> Please, come on. The whole, the band that I was in in high school was like, hey, let's just do Blink-182. Hey, that's why that was your high school band. You didn't take it as far as white denim. That's true. Okay, Wings Again. Wings Again. <laughs> See, now it's changing. You song. I'm Paul McCartney. I mean, he's a, he's great. I was married to a lady with one leg. With one leg, lady. And now I'm just a single guy. Is he a single guy? Probably. Who knows? I don't know. He's always going in. You know he fucking. Yeah, Paul is fucking. Say, hey, Paul, is it cool if I call you Polly on the pod? Paul. <laughs> you know that language. Paul. He has five children. And then on Wikipedia it says, including Heather, Mary, Stella, and James. Who's the fifth child? <laughs> that guy in white denim. <laughs> no, he is married. Nancy Chevelle. He married her in 2011. This is where it's... Now it's actually banned on the run. This is what I'm going to be doing in Dayton this weekend. Thank you for listening. Uh, you're cool, probably. I won't murder you. I will fucking murder you if you do not write a review. Band on the run. Hey, have a great week. And weekend, right? Yeah, whatever. Hey, have a great weekend. If you don't write a review, go fuck yourself. Hey, don't worry about it. Keep on listening. to you by Machine Culture.